You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Johnson-Afra for this morning's Mental Dialogue talk show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Ashley. Thank you for being with me. Good morning. Thank you for having me. No, absolutely. You know, you've been on the show a couple of times in different roles as the guest, as the special guest co-host. So we got you back in this thing, as I always say, back in the saddle with me. And so, again, just so happy to have you. Um, if you will, Queen, go ahead and give a little bit of your background before I introduce uh, a, a couple other special guests um, in um, reference to this morning's show. Go ahead and let the cat out the bag. Black men, do I need therapy? Uh, but if you will, go ahead, Queen, let, you know, and let them know what you're doing. You're doing some things out here. So, uh, you know, let, you know like, I like to let people know I bring on sisters that, that be about it. You know what I mean? You're about that life. So if you will, Queen, tell them all about yourself. Oh, okay. Um. My name is Ashley Johnson Alfred. I'm a black woman first, of course. I'm a mother. I love my kids. I'm a community activist as well as an attorney. Is that enough, Montoya? Hey, I guess so. I guess so. I think you do a lot more than that, but if that's all you're giving us today, I'll take <laughs> I do. that. I I'll do. I'll take that. We can start there. <laughs> yeah. You know, every time I reach out to you, I'm like, I can't even believe I got time to get you on because you do so many things. But, hey, if you're going to roll with that, we'll roll with that. Well, with that said, let me get my man, Sincere, um, on this thing. He's been with us before as a guest as well. Uh, good morning, Sincere. How you doing, King? I wanted to get you introduced. I know we only got you for a short time, so I'm going to go ahead and get this thing started with you. If you will, give people a little bit of your background for this morning's discussion. Black men, do I need therapy? And this is partly definitely in your wheelhouse, but thanks again for being with us, King. Hey, no problem. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Peace and love, Queen. How you feeling? I'm good. Sister, how are you? 
Wonderful, wonderful as always. Thank you for asking, man. It's always uh, a privilege to be on the show with you, brother, and uh, doing things in the community that really matter, man. So uh, I appreciate it. I go by sincere. I'm a poet, a speaker, an author, holistic relationship coach. I'm an activist. Uh, but all of that stuff really means is that I care for my community and I'm willing to do something about it. Just as simple as that. No, absolutely. Glad to have you with us, King. I'm actually uh, trying to get our actual our extra special guest, if I can throw that out there, Dr. J. Parker Griffin. Uh, I'm trying to get him on. Um, hopefully, he, I'm going to have to call him in the middle of the show to have trouble getting him on. So y'all bear with me. Um, I definitely want to do this as always. Anytime we do, anytime we do shows, I always try to bring experts on. And obviously, if we're talking about therapy, I want to bring somebody specifically out of the field, um, sincere, because we know um, we do the community checkup just to highlight that. While again, while I'm trying to get this brother on, um, you know, you you do this from a holistic perspective. Um, and so by bringing on Dr. Griffin, which we've had him on the community checkup before, uh, you know, we get to bring somebody from that, in a, in a sense, from that professional level. So we get to cover it on all bases. So, um, you know, brother, if I could say just thank you uh, for the push to even start the community checkup, which we'll get more into that when we talk about this morning's discussion. Black men, do I need therapy? Um, again, just ask everybody to bear with me because I just talked to Dr. Griffin, so he should be coming on here pretty soon. Um, let me see here. All right, y'all bear with me. Let me take a shot, see if I can. All right, y'all, we have to make it work sometimes. All right, give me a second. Let me, uh... all right, y'all going to hear a phone ring. I'm about to reach out to him again, see if I can get him on. I just spoke with him, so maybe they got a little confused on what we're doing here. All right, let me give him a call. So y'all bear with the ringing, and hopefully we'll get him on here soon enough. Hello. Hey, Dr. Hello? Griffin, just trying to get you on live on the show with us. So uh, we got you live on the air right now. Uh, just you know, just letting you know. So um, if you good. So you're gonna keep me on this number now. Um, Hello. This is the. Are you were you on another number? Um, that's what I was. I was on a yeah, text. I was trying to figure out which number. number you were on. So I'm I sorry. was dialing the number in the uh, email. And it had a meeting code afterwards, and it said that the phone had not started. The call had not started. Okay, now wait. But right now, just, yeah, if you can stay on this line, yeah, whatever. Yeah, maybe I got something confused there. But if you can stay on this line with us, we're gonna do yeah. the show from this line right here. Are you good? Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm good. All right, no problem. Yeah, sometimes that happens. Okay, no problem. All right, well, Dr. Right. Griffin, again, we got you live on the air. Had to reach out to you. So if you will, give people a little bit of your background so we can get started with this morning's discussion, Black Men, Do I Need Therapy? Okay, so mm, I'm, like, old. So my background in psychology starts all the way back in 1975, but I have a doctorate in psychology. I specialize in Applied Behavioral Analysis, uh, Behavioral Modification. Therapeutically, I use a cognitive behavioral therapeutic approach, which is a learning theory-based approach. And I work in private practice. I'm part of a psychiatric practice. The office is in Dunwoody, but I do all of my counseling virtually. And I specialize in working with African-American males, but I have a really broad array of clientele. 
and we deal with everything from soup to nuts. The behavior modification part I do with younger kids generally and teens, and then everything else, I use the cognitive behavioral kind of approach. So I love my work. I love doing what I do. It's fantastic. And um, I'm I'm usually like close to 100% booked all the time. So that's the only downside to the whole thing because sometimes people are angry about the fact that it's so difficult for them to get in. But uh, it's a good problem to have. Now, definitely to a degree, especially for you from the business side of it, um, from the big perspective when it comes to our community, um, I, I think nobody will argue that more therapy can be is needed, if you will, in the community, if you will. And uh, one of the questions that I thought about just because you mentioned that was the idea, are there enough, in a sense, professionals and providers out there specifically for our community? Because I know uh, one of the things that we are fortunate here in the Atlanta area is that there are a lot of providers like you. Um, again, you are a part of our community checkup, you along with uh, a few other providers that we make available for the community. Uh, but for people outside of places like Atlanta where there's a lot of us sometimes um, it's hard to find providers that look like you and so um, so yeah you being booked up I can understand that um, but with that said uh, we actually almost right before the break but Ash I'm gonna come to you real quick before we go to our break and just a quick thought when I called you queen and said hey this is the question I got for you black man do I need therapy um, you as a queen what was the first thing that crossed your mind when you realized this is how I was gonna word the question just get that quick thought we'll go to break it then we'll get hot and heavy with sincere as well as dr. Griffin oh absolutely my first thought was yes absolutely black men need therapy but I mean so do black women so I'm super excited to talk about it today as a as a patient, as a client, as somebody who is in therapy. It's exciting for me to be able to be on here with the therapist. So, yeah. Now let's do it. All right. Uh, we'll be right back. We'll get started with this morning's discussion question. We'll open up the phone lines in case y'all have questions uh, for our therapists. Again, Dr. J. Parker Griffin uh, with extensive time in this industry as well as our brother Sincere, holistic um, relationship coach, and also helps a lot of that men with therapy as well. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you are a small business owner, do you and your accountant implement a tax strategy to pay quarterly taxes throughout the year? Or do you wait until the end of year during tax season to write off all expenses to lower your taxable income? If this is you, stop. Call Bennett Tax and Accounting today. With over 15 years of experience working with major companies, this boutique firm has opened up to show small business owners how to strategize like the major companies and position themselves for growth with not only effective tax strategies, but also specializing in new business formation, bookkeeping services, cash flow management, payroll, and business evaluation to secure bank financing. Basically, all the things you need but have kept putting off. Well, those days are over. Bennett Tax and Accounting to the rescue. Contact them at 770 
770-545-2145 and ask for run. Again, 770-545-2145 and let them save you from yourself. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Johnson-Alford. This morning's discussion question, Black men, do I need therapy? Our special guest, um, Sincere Sincere, uh, spoken word poet and holistic coach out of the Atlanta area, as well as Dr. J. Parker Griffin for Black Men, Do I Need Therapy? Um, Ashley, you mentioned the idea when you say when you first heard it, hey, Black men need therapy. Sisters do, too. And so it made me think of this thought. Uh, from the most part, uh, when it comes to the idea of mental health therapy, if you will, um, I think we believe, as you said, you as being a patient yourself, getting therapy yourself, I think to, there's a tendency to think that, to a degree, sisters are more prone to do it, right? And so that's kind of what made me, in a sense, have this focus on men is, to a degree, there's always ha- – at least as I grew up, there has been this reluctance that I think is starting to alleviate to a degree. But I definitely remember when I was young, you know, being in my 40s now, that um, even the concept of therapy, there was this stigma of, oh, that, that person's crazy. Um, I think that stigma is starting to go away. However, I think a lot of sisters, if you will, are still wishing or looking for uh, uh, men to, in a sense, partake in therapy. And so, again, that's kind of, if you will, that was why that was our focus. So give me a quick thought on that, and then I'll go to um, Dr. Griffin and Sincere on their thoughts about men's lack of or tendency to get therapy or how they how they see that as well. But but what's your thought on that real quick, Queen, before? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's more so of a stigma of us growing up. You know, anybody who's in therapy, therapy must be crazy or something must be wrong with them. But women have been going for years. Um, I don't think we have as much of, you know, um, an impact on why men are going to therapy now. I I actually think that men themselves are just waking up and realizing the benefits of it, which is really nice. You know, it's a new revelation of, hey, I can actually go talk to somebody and it can help me. You know, I can help myself in this way. And I think that's I think that's awesome. That's something that's new as well as far as what I see, you know. That's something that um, they're doing on their own versus I need to go to therapy because somebody else told me I should. And I think that that's super enlightening. Sincere, uh, quick thought on that as well. Again, you've been in this space uh, for a while yourself. So what are you seeing out there and in reference to, you know, matter of fact, let me put that question to you as well because you just saw how I worded the question as well. So, you know, what was your first thoughts? And, you know, go ahead and answer that question as well. And my first thoughts was that it is a very uh, valid topic, something that we should talk about more, uh, especially being a black man that has had therapy myself and understanding how important it was to my life and to my relationship that I had with my wife, as well as the relationships that I have in the community. Um, I see that there's a bit of apprehension because of that um that that uh, that bad stigma. Uh, you're crazy if you go to therapy. Something is wrong. But then later finding out, uh, as a professional, that some of the highest level professionals have therapy. So that intrigued me even more so about it. So so it's just breaking the stigma and getting into um, a, a more knowledgeable space surrounding that topic. 
No, absolutely. Dr. Griffin, obviously you're the expert here and been doing this for a long time. So what are your thoughts um, surrounding um, the stigma, if you will? What have you seen uh, being in the field for so long uh, in reference to um, black men? You know, do I need therapy? Go ahead, King. Thanks a lot again for being, getting us, being with us this morning. My experience might be a little bit different because my profile on psychology today emphasizes the fact that I specialize in working with African-American men. So as a result, I get a lot of black men. And so the stigma for my clientele, it's not going away. It's not starting to whatever. It's gone. It's been gone a long time ago, like 10 years ago, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I get men who Mm -hmm. are just excited about it. They see it as being a competitive edge. A lot of times they're trying to figure out how to work out work problems and do some kind of career um, analysis and strategizing. Sometimes it's about uh, intimate partner issues that they're talking about and so on and so forth. So the last thing that they're worried about is stigma with the guys that I work with in general. No, it makes sense. Um, but with that said, we're coming off where, I mean, well, I guess we're in the middle, still in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and unfortunately, you know, as I was preparing for this show and something I already knew anyway without even the preparation, but um, over the course of the past year, um, we've seen, unfortunately, in some different cities, suicide rates go up to to a degree for black men and specifically black youth, if you will. Um, and there's a lot, you know, been associated with it. It's not the first show that we've even delved into mental health, especially in the maybe a couple of months after the pandemic of people being in the house for the first time. And so I was fortunate enough to have on some other providers just talking about how to kind of deal with that time. And the unfortunate reality, um, Dr. Griffin, you being a part of our community checkup was due to, um, unfortunately, we did lose a brother that Sincere and I both knew um, in August of last year, and that prompted us to make sure that we were checking up on the community and starting this monthly event just so that people could have access to someone like yourself. Um, But, you know, with that said, so it's beautiful to hear that the stigma is gone. However, there's still some issues if we see suicide rates going up, and in particular with the things that are happening with the pandemic. So, you know, in a sense, what have you seen or, or what's your perspective on those numbers being on the rise, if you will? Well, I should start out by saying that, um, you know, I I have in the past been in therapy myself, and it was at a time, it was a low point emotionally for me. And so, you know, I sought it out the service, and I found it to be, you know, a wonderful thing. So recently I said, and this is before a pretty devastating event uh, happened in my life, which you know about, but I'll mention it in a second. But anyway, even before that happened, I start looking into getting what I refer to as a tune-up, okay, and stuff. So I'm like, if it was good before, then it probably be would be great to get some maintenance as far as, you know, looking at issues, kind of like where am I and all this. So I had some therapy sessions set up, and then lo and behold, what happened, but my son actually uh, committed suicide. And that was about, what, six weeks ago and stuff? And thank God I had the skills that I use in therapy itself to uh, employ in order to have dealt with that issue. And people was like, what, you mean to tell me you're not completely and totally broke down and devastated and stuff? And I'm like, well, I'm not a robot, but, 
you know, I have a skill set, the same one, behavior therapy skills that I use with my clients. I use it myself. So another way to look at it is to think of it as like vitamins. It's like, do you need vitamins? Well, no, you can live without vitamins, but it's an enhancement from a scientific point of view. And so why not use those things that are going to give you an edge? Um, as far as the pandemic is concerned, yeah, a lot of people are dealing with issues of loneliness and depression, some anxiety, worried about, you know, jobs, dealing with family issues because the kids are um, cut off from their friends and so on and so forth. And with cabin fever, everybody's at each other's throats and so on. So I help people work through those kinds of issues, normal, everyday, average people who are in unusual circumstances. Now, it makes sense. Sincere, what have you seen over the course? I mean, obviously, um, you know, again, credit to you for prompting us to start the community checkup. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, if we're just being honest, a little too late for our, our one friend, Jessa Ray, again, who we do the um, community checkup in honor of. Um, but, yeah, what have you seen um, out there, King, let's say specifically this past year? Yeah, brother, I've seen people uh, struggling, and um, I just want to say before I continue on, uh, thank you again, uh, Dr. Griffin, for being a part of what we have going on. And it's uh, 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 it's special that we have somebody of your caliber to be connected to our efforts. So I want to say I appreciate you, and we thank you for it. Um, what I've seen is that there's a number of folks out here that's struggling with everything that's happening from the pandemic. Um, there's, there's, there's an economic, um, there's an economic, uh, liability out here for, for a lot of folks that they're really trying to work through. And, um, that's, that's why I offer different things like, uh, art, uh, teaching, teaching black men the art of simple meditation, um, getting into exercise and, um, it's just, just getting out of that space of woe is me um, and getting them some attention on every level. And that's what the community checkup is all about, It's just servicing our people on every level. So if it's a, a psychological space that we really need to tap into uh, to, have, to help you live a better quality of life, or if it's uh, just, just, just giving folks the resources to understand that you're not alone, um, that this is something that we're all going through together and we can get through it uh, if we tackle it uh, together. So so I've seen the struggle, but I've also seen uh, black men more willing to open up now, uh, having these conversations, because uh, my, my experiences with our black men is different, because uh, I'm all over the place, from the streets of Atlanta, uh, the art scene, uh, doing what I do as an entrepreneur, different networking events. So, so there are a few spaces to where it's not so comfortable to talk about. But I just want to let brothers know that it is something that's important and it doesn't make you any less than a man or weaker to have this type of conversation. Nah, I love it. So a thought about a thought for somebody out there that may still be going through it or face with those, like you said, um, sincere, those economic pressures um, cur currently with the pandemic, trying to figure all this out or whether it's 
loneliness or whatever the case may be, uh, for someone that's saying or thinking to themselves, I don't know where to turn, because it's good to hear that all of you are saying that, hey, this, there's no stigma, um, these things are improving. You know, unfortunately, however, you know, we've, you know, unfortunately, as Dr. Griffith said, we're still, in a sense, losing people. So in that sense, those people probably felt like they had nowhere to turn, I'm assuming. That's just an assumption that I'm making. And so for anybody that's listening, that's trying to figure this thing out and say, okay, I'm going to tune in here. How do I get started? Where do I turn? Um, you know, maybe what does that, that, that look like? Matter of fact, what I'll do, um, Ashley, I'll let you answer this first from the standpoint of being someone who's openly, in a sense, been part of, as you said, glad to be a part of therapy. Can you recall way back whenever your what it was like your first time to even try to do it because I can I can only imagine that's not an easy step for a lot of people so I just kind of wanted to fill that out for somebody that's listening that's maybe never taken a step before if that makes sense. Uh, definitely, um, for me it was more of a like you're saying just just take a step you got to start somewhere, um, and that's not easy for everybody. It's not easy to pick up a phone and find a therapist. You know it is overwhelming. You know. Everybody doesn't have health insurance. Everybody doesn't have access to a therapist. Now you've got a pandemic where people can't just walk into an office and say, hey, can I get scheduled to see somebody? You know, so it is, there are some loopholes nowadays where it takes a little more. Somebody who's really just at a low point, um, it, it might be harder for them to push through those feelings and push through that Google search and push through filtering through all of the results that come up and finding somebody that fits them. It is a process. So for I always say for people who are struggling to take that one step to therapy, reach out to somebody in your circle. Because if you just have one person, and I say this as, as a partner to a black man, I say this as a sister to a black man, most of my, my best friends are black men, you, you have to lean into somebody who you know is going to be able to help you and to support you because it's just a little easier to take that first step when you can lean into somebody you trust and say, hey, I'm going through something. I need this help. And that that might get you through that Google search. Hey, you know, have have you seen this therapist? Do you have a therapist you can recommend? Can you help me find one? It it just is better as a unit. It doesn't have to be a group of people. It can literally be one person, find one person that can help you through that process to get you to that first session. Um, that's what I ended up having to do. And since then, it, it's been easy. It, it's taking that first step, going to that first session and realizing, man, this is not that bad. And, hey, I actually, you know, needed this. This this doesn't feel as bad as I thought it would, you know. I think that is super important, especially in a pandemic when, I mean, it's just, so much, so many added pressures at this point and realizations that people didn't have to confront before. And that's on all levels. You talk about people who are not used to being home by themselves and now working from home and are home 24-7 by themselves, you know, or people who aren't used to being at home with their families or with their partners or with other people and now are adjusting to that. Like, you got people who are losing family members. You're going through loss and grief. You got people who are losing money. It's just it's an overall shift, so it's just super important for people to keep their emotions in check. And therapy is just an outlet. It's a great outlet that everyone, even if you don't feel like you need it, even if you're not at a low point, like he said, it, it's so you can gather these tools. 
And so in the future, if you do go through this rough patch, if you do have this event happen, you have these tools that you can implement and you can use to get you through that. I think that's also a misconception that people think, you know, I got to wait until I'm down to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. It's so much more effective if you can build your tool house and then get to that point, you're like, oh, I know how to handle this. I know how to get myself through this. I know how to self-soothe myself through that. And it works out better that way. Now, it makes a lot of sense, Dr. Griffin. So, see, I know I only got you for a few more minutes, but I wanted Dr. Griffin to jump in as a professional as he hears um, Ashley break down pretty much all the ways you, that you, you can take that first step and all, everything that includes, anything that you want to add to it. And I know a lot of times people are sometimes, even what, what Ashley said, they're like, okay, that all sounds good, but sometimes cost seems to be a, a fear or a prohibitive to some people. So maybe if you could address that very quickly, and then I'll um, reach out to Sierra before I have to let him go. But go ahead, Dr. Griffin. Any thoughts on getting started from a cost prohibitive standpoint for those that think that way or anything else you want to add to what she said? Well, I agree with both of their comments and the whole idea of reaching out to friends and family or whatever. The old people used to say, where there's a will, there's a way. And so if you have an idea that this might be something that might be useful for you, then, yeah, start doing your uh, little research on your own. But what I tell clients is that if somebody has a problem with the fact that you're reaching out and uh, obtaining a service to better yourself, and they have an issue with it, it means that they're not on your team, and so therefore they don't count, you know. And it's actually it's a sign of strength that an individual has enough fortitude to um, do what they know is best for them. So it's not weakness. It's a, a sign of strength. It's kind of like a coach um, uh, recruiting some of the best players in order to help them to win the game. So if you can get a uh, person who can help you to navigate life problems and so on so you can uh, be a winner in the process, then why would you not want to do that? No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, Sincere, uh, just if you will, before you let you go, King, again, thank you for giving your time with us. I know you are on a trip with your lovely wife, so definitely mm-hmm. want to let you get back to her. Um, but with that said, we do have Dr. Katrina Pittman as a part of the community checkup for um, next Thursday night, um, 25th, 8.30 p.m. But if you will, anything you want to say about the community checkup, again, you are the catalyst for it. So I want you to kind of close it out before we let you go. But thanks for being with us um, this morning, King. Absolutely, brother. Thank you again. And I'm excited. I'm excited um, because we are starting to uh, to flip that leaf, uh, so to speak. So the only thing I want to say is this. Um, We are better as individuals and we're better as a community if we are beings that are uh, well. And when I talk about holistic wellness, that's spiritually, that's mentally, that's physically having all of our um, factions and our functions operating on the greatest level that we can get them to operate on, all right? And there's no such thing as perfection, and healing is not a destination, it's a journey. So it requires maintenance. So so I just want to uh, let anybody out there know that's uh, struggling and anybody that has folks in their circle, do a self-check on your circle. Uh, all right, because oftentimes 
the folks that are going through things, they're not going to say anything, but you'll notice different things about them change, or, or they'll start to be more seclusive and that type of thing. Uh, they'll start to pull away. So um, let's take care of each other and let's be better together, and that's what the community checkup is all about, and I thank everybody for being a part of it, and I definitely appreciate the conversation, brother. So continue to do what you do. Uh, I, I likewise, for you, Queen, as well as uh, Doc Griffin, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks a lot, Cecilia. We are up against the break. We'll be right Thank back and listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Always finding something to be mad for. Man, I hate my life. I wish I had yours, but it's yours. Yours, 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 yours. Yesterday I woke up out the matrix. So today it's right back to the basics. Blocking and tackling, taking angles in pursuit of my happiness and embracing my nappiness. This Wakanda forever had us under the weather. Sick and tired of the pressure. Always gotta be fresher. Always gotta be extra. Everybody is special. Social media training. If you speak in the language. All day long. All I see is everybody perfect when I'm scrolling through my phone. Like all they want It's just a bunch of bragging people acting like they get it but they don't It's true All day Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Johnson Alfred. We just heard a cut from Square Business Entertainment's Joe Bleeze all day long. Check that out on all streaming music platforms. Our special guest this morning is Dr. J. Parker Griffin for Black Men Do I Need Therapy. So I wanted to Answer that question directly, if you will, um, Dr. Griffin. I'll start with you here from the standpoint of um, I recently had my first therapy session um, in the last few weeks. And as much as I've, in a sense, brought different providers like yourself to the space, um, we had the Mr. Dialogue Live experience used to have prior to the pandemic where we would meet once a month. And from time to time, I would bring in different therapists when we would do dialogues about mental health on all types of level. Uh, but with that said, um, the question of do I need therapy? And what I'm saying specifically there is like sometimes obviously we're in our own heads all our lives, right? And our ego is, you know, speaks loudly to us all our lives. Um, but from time to time, some people experience experience things where it's clear to them that, hey, I need some help, or some people are on their verge, like, do I need help? Or sometimes they question themselves or, like, am I thinking correctly? And so um, in having those questions, you might even hear about friends getting therapy, and you're kind of questioning to yourself, is this something that I need to get therapy for? I I hope I'm making sense with that question, but I know, um, like, for example, you know, we've had you on before talking about specific disorders and things of that nature. And so to a degree, sometimes people can question, do I have, uh, you know, maybe maybe they read up on a certain disorder and they're kind of like, do I have that thing? And so they're kind of questioning themselves like, well, should I get therapy? Do I have that thing? Will a therapist tell me whether I have this particular issue, uh, if that makes sense? So if you will, just kind of talk to me about that perspective of someone who's kind of questioning, you know, am I maybe 
facing some type of mental health or mental illness, if you will, that that they're trying to figure out whether they even have or not. Does that make sense? Yeah. So here's another way to look at the whole thing in context, and that's as far as the levels of uh, intervention from a prevention point of view. So there's primary prevention or universal prevention, and that is, you know, how do you keep everyone in the entire population healthy? What can you do to inoculate them against stress and stressors, such as what the pandemic causes, things like that? Then you have selected, which is secondary uh, prevention, and that's where people are starting to show signs that they're coming, um, they're dealing with issues in a way that uh, they're not at their personal best, okay? Um, so, you know, they might be more irritable, they might start to isolate or whatever, those kinds of secondary symptoms. And then there's tertiary, and that's uh, indicated. So in the public health field, uh, someone who's indicated is someone who really is truly experiencing symptoms in the traditional sense of what we would consider someone who might need a more intensive intervention. That group of people is going to be like maybe 3% of the population, and that's the one that is most prominent in our mind that we think about when, you know, we think mm-hmm. about somebody who needs to be uh, hospitalized. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That is not mm-hmm. the average person walking up and down the street. So if you think, that's why I say that like 95% of the people that I work with, they're not hallucinating, they're not delusional, you know, all these kinds of things. The vast majority of people, they're just dealing with life. And so that's why I say, you know, if you live long enough, you're going to hit a bump in the road. And it's a wonderful thing to have someone there with you to help you over the hump because it's going to happen. It's unavoidable. That one way or another, there's going to be a death in the family. You're going to have a relationship issue. You're going to have problems with kids, whatever, and stuff. And so if you have a resource readily available to deal with whatever comes your way, then you're in a better position. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. And so if I if I if I'm hearing you correctly, um, like you said, it's not necessarily that you're in that three percent that's um, you know suffering from the things that we think of when it comes to specifically mental illness. If you if I want you know to use that term for you know briefly, um, but more so that at the end of the day, the ups and downs of life are enough to in a sense maybe seek out a therapist, seek out a professional to kind of get you through that in a, in a better way. Or you see situations where um, somebody suffers a certain tragedy, if you will, and the tragedy specifically changes in a sense they were mentally healthy, you know, for the most part previous, wasn't looking to get therapy, but they experienced a certain tragedy that actually changes them. And a lot of times um, a lot of people would go without that therapy, and it ends up affecting them sometimes for the rest of their lives. But had they maybe gotten therapy, they, they would have changed the trajectory of their life thereafter, uh, you know, because they didn't didn't deal with the issue. And so, again, again if I'm hearing you correctly, um, like I say, even that is not necessarily that 3%. However, it can affect you traumatically. And I think sometimes, I think this is fair to say, that sometimes – you, you experience it, and you're unaware of the need for it. Um, any thoughts on that, Dr. Griffin, as well as um, you, um, Ashley, after Dr. Griffin? Any thoughts on that? Just the I, I'm, I'm unaware of it. 
that I that that, well, that I'm suffering from this well, trauma. Going along with what you're saying is, you know, if you think about it from a universal uh, prevention point of view, mental health, um, um, mental illness prevention, then the therapy has a protective effect that kind of helps you to ward off the effects of stress in your environment and interpersonal conflicts and job loss and so on and so forth. And so what happens is that when a person doesn't have that kind of protective shield to um to keep them healthy, then they do, like what you're saying, start to slip oftentimes into a pattern, uh, becomes increasingly unhealthy. So I had one client, for example, he started to kind of um, slip off to his basement. And once he got in, the, in his basement, he started to get in his own head. And so once you get in your uh, inside your head, sometimes it's kind of like hard to get out. And then you start seeing things out out of context, and you become in your own world. And what's in your head may not reflect the reality that you had experienced at one point or the reality that's out there, and then you start getting into a negativity mode. And it, it all becomes self-reinforcing the negativity. You know, everything's bad, and people are all, you know, against you or whatever it is and stuff, but you don't really kind of like see the bright side of life or the fact that it can be an exhilarating and positive and beautiful experience. All that part of it, you know, you can kind of lose sight of that once you slip into this negativity mode, and that's when you um, become at risk and start feeling like, well, you know, what's the purpose? What you know, the meaning in life? And, you know, it becomes an existential issue and so on. So I had one client that I worked with for an entire year. And so once he realized that he can't go down in the basement and hang out in the basement by himself and not have connections with, with his buddies and with other family members and so on and so forth, because that's, that's dangerous for him. And uh, so, and also for people to realize that sometimes you get on autopilot and you get into a pattern of doing things that are not healthy for you. And I also use a holistic approach too. And that goes along with what some of the other uh, people on the call had talked about. So, you know, you want to make sure that you're having a synergistic uh, complementary set of things that you're doing for health promotion and healthcare management, especially for black men that we want to start to develop those healthy practices, exercise, sleep, nutrition, uh, social connections, and then the cognitive behavioral part in terms of the way that you choose to respond to situations to get out of the uh, knee-jerk kind of ways of reacting, whether it's anger or depression or the anxiety responses and not buying into the lies that, we could conclude from our the negative thinking. Now it makes sense. Ashley, any thoughts on that? Um, yes, Dr. Griffin, I I loved when you said that, you know, reaching out for therapy or inquiring about therapy is a sign of strength, not weakness, because I think that is super important for some people to hear. Like it, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It, it means that you know, you do have a level of self-awareness where you, you can, you know how you can better yourself. And that's essentially what therapy is to me. Like, how can I be a better version of me? And 
I love the fact that we're discussing black men in therapy because what I'm seeing on my end is partner, you know, it's like a higher level of self-awareness and there's a duality to it. Like Dr. Griffin was saying, because part of it is having to sit with yourself, especially in a pandemic there, there's just a sense of slowing down when everything is shut down. You know, you don't have that rush you don't have the the traffic. You don't have the schedule. You don't like everyone doesn't have that that they're used to in life. So now we we have this freeness and we have this ability to to sit with ourselves. You got that side, and then you have the other side, like Dr. Griffin was saying, where if you sit with yourself too long, you don't want to go down a hole. So it's finding this balance of self awareness of you know hey, I'm, I'm aware of what I'm going through. I'm aware of what I need. I'm aware of what I'm lacking without going into a dark hole of woe is me, I'm by myself, or I, I'm hurting, I need to heal from it. it it's a balance. And I, I really love the fact that it's in that balance that you find out, you know, I need to seek other tools and other ways to navigate this or to navigate life. And what I've seen with black men mostly is when they have that self-awareness and they sit with themselves, one thing that they're realizing is, dang, I don't have, I don't have guy friends. That's one of the most common things I hear from my friends and from my partner. Like, I wish I had more guy friends. I wish I had more social connections because for men who are like heads of household, they have their partner, they have their kids, they got their job, but they don't have outlets for themselves personally. So therapy is absolutely an outlet for a black man, just as much as working out is, just as much as watching their favorite show, mm-hmm. just as much as hanging out with their friends. But you start realizing when your life is slowing down that, hey, I don't have people outside of my family and the people who live with me to hang out with. And that's something that I personally have just started to encourage, like, Black men got to find other things to do. They have to find outlets because if not, it's all pressurized. And then when they do sit with themselves, like Dr. Griffin said, they go in a mental basement, you know, and it's this dark mm-hmm. hole of now I can't share these emotions. I don't have any way to get these emotions out. Oh, well, versus finding an outlet, getting them out, talking to a therapist, you know, relieving yourself of it and, and that being your new norm versus what black men do is, you know, just compressing everything. Like, I don't have to talk to anybody about my emotions. Who cares? You know, it, it it lets you know that you are important. It's important to get these things out. I am building myself. I think that that is super important to me. And I, I like the fact that we're seeing more of that self-awareness, if that makes sense. No, I love it. I, no, it makes a whole lot of sense. Very necessary because you're right. Um, you know, men, we can kind of get sometimes wrapped up into our role, and this is what role we should play, and this is how we're supposed to play it, and kind of forget about ourselves. It definitely can happen, and there are definitely outlets happening. In addition to therapy, you're going to hear about one at the top of the hour. I'm going to highlight these brothers, Undugu, um, the Undugu Foundation. Um, they'll be coming on in the second hour just to talk about some of the work they're doing for black men. We'll be right back you're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think if you're on the line, you have to press 1 if you want to get in and ask a question uh, for our professionals. Um, just press 1 if you're online. The number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. Press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back.
face. Where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Johnson-Alford. This morning's discussion question, Black Men, Do I Need Therapy? Our special guest is Dr. J. Parker Griffin. We actually got a caller that wants to get in. Area code six seven eight last three eight nine six. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Eight nine six. Can you hear me okay? Uh, yes. You're coming can through you now. Go ahead, right. Queen. Can you hear hi, me? Pete. Yes, we can hear you. Yes, hi Montoya. All right, and hello, Dr. Griffin. I hey. appreciate what you guys are doing, and I really appreciate looking out for the community by sharing this information. I wanted to comment on, um, while I had the chance to, comment on the uh, options, because I know a lot of people are deterred by the cost of mental health services, especially if they're just wanting to try it out. And I wanted to share um, some of my resources. There's a website that I used last year that was fantastic because um, I was, you know, on a very tight budget with a lot of people last year, and BetterHelp.org, I believe, is org, and they they have um, very very affordable services with um, some, you know, great uh, clinicians and great uh, mental health service providers. And I know that in our community we have a variety of of needs. And um, we aren't a monolith, right? So with BetterHelp, you can Correct. easily go through and find a mental health provider that you can afford that can help you in what you're looking for. So if you want someone that's, you know, that won't, for me, for instance, I didn't. I wanted to work with a black therapist. I don't want to work with a um, black therapist who felt like they needed to impart their religion on me. 
right, like a, a Christian therapist. So you can choose if you want to work with like an LGBTQT, LGBTQ, Anyway, do you want to work with LGBTQ? Now you got it, LGBTQ. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Basically, (laughs) no, no. You're good. Go ahead. Now, thank you for this resource. Keep keep going, Queen. Yeah. So you can choose if you want to work with someone of a particular spiritual belief or someone who has no spiritual beliefs, or if you are having uh, gender identity issues. I know that there are so many people that have gender identity issues in our community, not saying that their concern about their gen or their their desire to change their mm-hmm. gender identity is the issue, but they're getting they're experiencing a lot of negativity maybe from their family or their community or the world mm-hmm. gender gender identity um doesn't conform. So there's you can like go through a litany of boxes to decide you know what, who you're looking for, and what um, kind of care you're looking for, and it's super, super affordable. They even have a, um, if you're struggling financially because of COVID, they have a, um, a discount program on their site as well. So you know, if you need help. Now this is a wonderful source. I really, really do appreciate it. Say it, say it again. Um, I'll also try to make sure I, um, with the replay of the show, anywhere I post it on social media, I'll make sure I send this website out for anybody that, you know, because two, two-thirds of the people listen to the show after the, after the show, I mean, after you know, the live podcast. So say the name of it again, and I want to make sure I, you know, again, pass that information along. Absolutely. It's betterhelp.com. It's not .org. I thought it was .com. I looked it up real quick. It's betterhelp.com. Now, I absolutely appreciate that resource, and thank you uh, for your three cents this morning. Anything else you got before we let you go? But I definitely appreciate That's wonderful. Um, that's what we want to be here with the Mental Dialogue Talk Show is our callers. We are a community club. We want to be a place of resources so that, like you, like you said, people will experience it on so many different levels. And I think that's wonderful that somebody can particularly find something specific to their issue because that's not a resource that I knew about. So thank you so much for that um, information. You're welcome. Um, yes, and I want to just share that I watched a Trevor Noah interview of Cynthia Ivera, and she is going to therapy. She started going to therapy last year um, during COVID. So even, you know, award-winning <laughs> superstars, as, you know, Dr. Mm-hmm. Griffin was mentioning earlier, high performers, um, or not Dr. Griffin, but it was uh, the other gentleman mentioned that he noticed high performers have therapists. So, and she publicly announced that during her interview and how it's been great for her. And she, you know, suggests people go to therapy. <laughs> nah, I love it. Thank you for the call. Any thoughts, um, Dr. Um, Ashley, Dr. Griffin, on on our callers? Again, I thank her for an amazing resource. Um, but, again, she loves and highlights the fact that, uh, which I think helps with the idea of getting therapy, of, like you said, high performers are using them or, or, more, or it made me think of um, the basketball player that's, uh, okay, uh, man, his name slips on mind right now. But he's just becoming more open about the fact that they're getting therapy, whereas you wouldn't think of an NBA player as someone who, 
needs therapy, if you will, but just the fact that it's becoming more popular to recognize, hey, I'm getting help. That's an amazing thing. But Dr. Griffin, or uh, ask any thoughts on our caller's info? Well, I see people from all walks of life. I see a tremendous number of professionals because they do have insurance. So I see lawyers. I see computer software engineers. I see uh, researchers. I see physicians. I see um, a variety of different uh, people. And so, you know, they're not exempt from life problems, you know, just because you're a professional or just because you're an entertainer. I, I see entertainers too, by the way, and so on. And um, so uh, it, it's just a, a broad cross-section. of. But I did want to address the issue you were talking about black men um, not having connections with other black men and so on and so forth. That's a common thing that I hear from a lot of my clients, uh, black males, that they don't have those connections with other people. So some of the things that I do, even recently in particular, I have been working with clients uh, about how do you make connections, especially during the pandemic. And so we've been exploring some online kinds of um, approaches like the meetup groups and so on. And so what I do is I work with them to find out what are their passions and then um, figure out ways that they can connect with people online, like, say, professional groups. If they have a professional interest, for example, like, say, investment or something like that. So that's one thing. But the other part of it is I use the cognitive behavioral approach in terms of helping them to deal with their anxiety of learning how to reach out to people and form those connections with, with people. Because that can be an issue. If you're not used to touching base with other men, then that can be a little uh, daunting for some people. The other thing is, uh, as far as therapy is concerned, I see a wide variety of people. I see uh, heterosexuals, and I see same gender-loving people. But see, my approach is completely and totally non-judgmental, and so it's a it's kind of like a, a little party event when they come to my therapy because we laugh and we joke and we tease, but then there's that serious side at the same time. So they com- they feel completely and totally comfortable with the experience, and they enjoy it, and I enjoy it. But I'm seeing it from two sides. I'm seeing it from the client side with my therapist, and then I'm seeing it as a therapist, and so that you know kind of puts a different spin on it as well. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, we got about a minute and a half. Um, again, even talking about making those connections with men, we're about to bring on um, the, br- the brothers from Undugu, and that's another. This is another opportunity, even if you're not necessarily as an African American man out there. It's just, you know, it's just, that's our topic this morning, if you will. Um, if you're still trying to figure out how to make this connection, I think you'll be glad to hear what we talk about at the top of the next hour. Um, Ashley, we've got a minute before the top of the hour. Any thoughts on what the caller had to say or Dr. Griffin uh, before we go to the top of the hour break? Yeah, I'm sitting here looking up the website that she um, said she used, and that's awesome information, great information. I know there are a lot of statewide resources that will help people to finance therapy and things of that sort. I really like the fact that she emphasized, you know, that she wanted a black therapist. I think that's super important. Like, it's almost imperative to be that specific when you're, you're looking for somebody to counsel you because you need to be able to relate. It, whether it's I need a woman or versus a man, whether it's 
I need a black person mm-hmm. versus another, whether it's, you know, I need someone who understands my, or speaks to me religiously or doesn't speak to me. I, it's very important because they're not going to be able to connect or get through to you unless you have that relation. Um, I, I love the fact that she said that because I've, I've said that for so long. And one thing I've learned from my partner is you don't even just have to go to one therapist. Um, my boyfriend actually has two therapists. He has a black woman and he has a black man. And he gets two different perspectives wow. sometimes. And sometimes he gets the same perspective from two different people. But it, it gives him different elements. One of them is more spiritual-based. One of them is more holistic. It And he, he gets everything he needs. It, it makes him more well-rounded in his therapy. And I, I learned that from him. And now I'm looking for a second therapist as well. Wow. So those are just uh, very impressive. Things. Nah, very impressive. Um, so yeah, we are at the top of the hour. We're gonna play another, play that cut all day long by Joe Blee's Scrub Business Entertainment. They are our sponsor. Um, they just re up with their sponsorship, so I'm glad to highlight them being a part of the Mental Dialogue Show and keeping us on the air. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Everybody perfect when I'm scrolling through my phone Seem like all they want It's just a bunch of bragging people acting like they get it but they don't It's true What am I supposed to do? I feel like I'm overdue Worked a couple lifetimes I feel like I'm over too Feel like I got more to do I know I ain't done yet Handle what you supposed to do. Gotta teach my son. It's a blessing in the sunrise. Wake up and return that. I just hope that you can learn that before the sun sets. Cause when the morning comes, we're gonna keep going on. My passport. Only other thing I can ask for is love. Can't be sitting around and wishing that I had more. Always finding something to be mad for. Man, I hate my life. I wish I had yours, but it's yours. Yours, 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 yours. Yesterday I woke up out the matrix. So today it's right back to the basics. Blocking and tackling, taking angles in pursuit of my happiness and embracing my nappiness. It's Wakanda forever, had us under the weather. Sick and tired of the pressure, always gotta be fresher, always gotta be extra. Everybody is special. Social media training, if you're speaking the language. All day long, all I see is everything. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Johnson-Alford. This morning's discussion question, Black Men, Do I Need Therapy? Um, Ashley, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Okay, just checking. Uh, we have, I think we lost Dr. Griffin again. I'm going to have to call him back. Um, with that said, I want to introduce Brother Maurice from Undugu. 
Um, how you doing this morning, King? Glad to have you all. Appreciate you for being with us. Um, you always come through anytime I say, hey, want to highlight Unduga and what y'all doing, if you will, King, um, to give people a little bit of your background as well and talk about this Undugu Foundation because, I've, again, I've been highlighting the fact, as you heard, I'm, I don't know if you heard the last segment where we were talking about black men sometimes are not good at making those connections, and here's a great opportunity for black men to do so, even if they're not, in my opinion, quite ready for therapy yet, although I feel like a lot of what y'all do is a form of therapy. But thanks again for being with us. King. Yeah, greatly appreciate it, and uh, very glad to be here. Really love the the first half of the program all together, um, and many of the points that were made were part of the the driver for us in creating the uh, Undugu Foundation and having the events and activities that we have for the brothers. So just to to sum it up, uh, Undugu, which is Kiswahili for brotherhood, uh, also references family. Uh, we chose that as the name of the organization because we recognize, uh, just as a couple of speakers mentioned in the first segment, that as men would gather and and have conversations, or just you know, you know, as we normally do throughout the course of the day, you engage with a brother. You're like, "What's up?" He's like, "You know, everything's all good." Ask you, your reply is pretty much the same. While underneath that all good response that comes from the brother is like a storm of things that are going on within their lives. And because we've been socialized to basically show that we're under control and that everything is manageable, we don't show and we don't become vulnerable with those who are closest to us and who could have possibly the greatest impact on changing the condition that we are currently in. So we really were founded when Jamel and Lewis connected um, for Jamel's, I think it was like his, uh, one of his uh, birthdays and he was in Bali mm-hmm. and they said, they sat down and they had a, they had a, an honest, very honest and open conversation. And Jamel took, took the output from that conversation and says, I'm no longer having any more surface conversation, no longer. So if you ask me how I'm doing and I'm not really doing well, I'm going to be honest and transparent with you and I'm not going to worry about being judged. So we started off with a, a dinner series where we brought brothers together and and just kind of opened up. And then from there, we then created what we refer to as the Chop It Up, which is a session that we hold traditionally on Sundays before COVID. We would do it in person, and brothers would come in, and we operate on a couple of key principles. So number one, when you enter the space, it's a safe space. So what is discussed in the space does not leave the space. And what you share during the space, we operate from the next principle, which is no judgment. So we're not here to judge everyone or to um, to lay judgment on what you share. Uh, brothers do share from their own point of view, but it's not in an attacking or judgmental manner. And then the other is that we enter the room with no labels. So whoever you are outside and whatever achievements you've amassed and and academic success you've achieved, that is fantastic. And we applaud you and we do celebrate our brothers for their uh, achievements outside of the organization. But once you enter that space, you are a brother just like every other brother in that space. So Mm -hmm. there's 
no preferential treatment. There's, you know, there's, there's nothing. It's just simply you come in as you are and who you are, not what position you have or who you are within that, another organization. You're just a brother coming in to share with other brothers. And um, that's grown now from, um, well, obviously during, during the pandemic we had to pivot so we're doing a majority of our sessions online, um, leveraging uh, online video conferencing to do that, mainly Zoom. And we also then created a couple of other segments because as we started to have these conversations in our Chop It Ups, brothers started to open up. And as they started to open up and share about what's really going on in their lives, then a bond of trust starts to, to build amongst the brothers. And then once you trust someone, now, hey, I can now open up about, hey, now we've talked about some things I'm, I'm working on personally um, for my own personal development and, and mental well-being. Hey, let's, let's talk about some of the things I'm doing from uh, an economic standpoint. So we, we have groups that have started up. So we've got brothers who are gardeners to farmers. Um, so those who are just growing in their backyard to, you know, brother who has like a, a over 100-acre farm. So he's sharing resources and information on how he did what he did and how other brothers can accomplish that. And then we also venture out into brothers who are looking to do, you know, different things uh, within business uh, as well. So they come in and they provide feedback. And then we also have a um, – we also have ongoing sessions, um, one we call the bridge in the bridge is an extension of the chop it up, but in that session we come together as a collective and we leave those sessions with specific actions that we as individuals can contribute to and we can then achieve a larger goal by working as a group. Uh, and then we also have fitness-related activities, so we have brothers who are well-versed in, in yoga uh, and then also other uh, other practices that we then extend out to the brotherhood so that they can work on the, the whole brother. So it's not just the mental component, but it wraps in physical. And then we also have a physical challenge that we offer out to brothers, and we're on our fourth one now that will launch in, in April. So we started off with just a conversation, an honest and transparent conversation between two brothers is now opened up to um, all of these things that we, we offer today and, and probably many other things that will come in the future. I love what y'all are doing. Um, Dr. Griffin, I'm glad to have you on as our, obviously as our professional. Um, when you hear that, hey, this, this resource exists and this is to the degree how far they've taken it, literally in just a couple of years of time, as he said, from a conversation um, with one of the founders um, on, a, on a trip that, he, in a sense, he needed to take a mental break from what I understood, and he came back and started yeah. this, and as they said, it was in person, but now via Zoom, they're able to do this nationwide. So, Dr. Griffin, this is your first time hearing about Unduo, I think, and if I'm wrong about that, please correct me, uh, but just as you hear this, um, what, what comes to mind for you as a professional, knowing that there's this group out here that black men can turn to, um, to you know, kind of, you know, finding wholesales, if you will? It sounds like a tremendous blessing as far as I'm concerned. And, yeah, I definitely need uh, information because, I, as I say, I have a lot of black men that are searching for a resource like that. 
I wouldn't mind taking advantage of it myself. And I would come as, you know, just the average everyday Joe and stuff. It's not about my background because I'm not all caught up in degrees, you know. But from a holistic point of view, you know, that's what I do anyway. So when I am working with clients, I'm interested in what kind of physical exercise are they uh, getting, uh, their sleep pattern, their nutrition. So it's the same. It's an overlap with what the gentleman just been talking about. No question. So the cognitive behavioral part, the CBT part of what I do, I mean, that's a small part of it because, you know, we're not just, you know, a, a behavioral component. I mean, there's more to us than that. And so even if you look at a national level, National Institutes of Mental Health, they're trying to do what he just talked about. They're encouraging to have a well-balanced um, life with all of the elements taken into account. So, yeah, I'm completely behind that. No doubt. We love making on-the-air connections, so I'll be glad to see you at the next Chop It Up, uh, Dr. Griffin. Uh, I've been a part of a few of the Chop It Up, and I've definitely been to the live, so I love what they're doing. Um, but, yeah, I, I know Maurice and them will welcome you in. Um, Ashley, um, any thoughts? I'm not familiar. I don't know if you're familiar with Undo Group because they've made a name for themselves, so you may already be familiar with them. Um, but, you know, any thoughts as you hear about this amazing organization? And, you know, obviously I brought them to this show particularly for this reason. But go ahead, Queen. Yeah, I am pretty familiar with them. Um, I'm a big fan of Just That Honey and Brandy and Jamel. So I remember when he first um, was advertising it, it's, it's nice to hear that you guys are continuing to maintain contact even throughout the pandemic, and I'll definitely continue to share the word, spread the word about them, Google. I really appreciate that. that wants to get in. Oh, I'm sorry, Maurice. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, King. Uh, yeah, no, I greatly appreciate that. And then one thing, and, and the Dr. Griffin, I mean, you're more than welcome to join. We have others who are uh, mental health professionals who are in the group, um, and they come in just as just as brothers, um, just as brothers. And, and we don't, we do not, we we take your being a brother and, and having space in our safe space very important. So we we do our best not to try to then direct things your way because we want you also to have the, the same enjoyment uh, as every other brother. And then one thing I, um, I will also want to mention, so I'm in a number of different groups. Some groups have requirements or uh, processes that you have to go through before you can join the group. Udugu, your, your basically your right to entry in Udugu is that you're a brown or a black man. That's it. And you're, you're welcome to then participate and join in Udugu. So for me, I personally look at it almost like a birthright. So as you're, and you know, and back in our history, we're we're born into communities. You know, you're born into a tribe, and when you when you're born into it, you have ready access to it. And then as the members of the group can then pour into you, you can develop into your whole self, what you're intended to be uh, in this lifetime. So that's what we've applied into uh, to Undugu. The only things that we do ask is that you respect those guidelines and you respect the, the, the parameters of a safe space. So as long as you can adhere to those, then, yes, you're welcome to be a part, and then you have the ability to sit and absorb so you can receive or you can make it, you know, a two-way where you can then pour in information because every individual 
has a unique experience here, um, and we can learn from each other, and we do so um, in every session that we have. Now, I love it. Stay tuned. We'll definitely, for anybody out there listening that wants to be a part of it, we'll get out the public information for Unduru. They're still, they're still with us. We're just up against the break. For the caller, 442-3592, we'll get to you coming out of the break and listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you are a small business owner, do you and your accountant implement a tax strategy to pay quarterly taxes throughout the year? Or do you wait until the end of year during tax season to write off all expenses to lower your taxable income? If this is you, stop. Call Bennett Tax and Accounting today. With over 15 years of experience working with major companies, this boutique firm has opened up to show small business owners how to strategize like the major companies and position themselves for growth with not only effective tax strategies, but also specializing in new business formation, bookkeeping services, cash flow management, payroll, and business evaluation to secure bank financing. Basically, all the things you need but have kept putting off. Well, those days are over. Bennett Tax and Accounting to the rescue. Contact them at 770-545-2145 and ask for run. Again, 770-545-2145 and let them save you from yourself. Any small business owners out there needing an accountant to hold them by their hand, run at Bennett Tax and Accounting is definitely the place you want to go. Um, definitely make sure you're just doing business in the in the manner that you know best benefits you. Make sure you're structured correctly. Make sure you have a tax strategy versus, as we said on the on the commercial, just turning in receipts at the end of the year is definitely a better way to go about that and look to scale your business in the future. So highly recommend our sponsor Bennett Tax. Uh, with that said, this is the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Uh, this morning's discussion question: Black men, do I need? Therapy special guest co-host Ashley Johnson Alfred as well as special guest Dr. J. Parker Griffin. We just brought on a man Maurice from Ndugu talking about his amazing organization. I'm gonna go ahead and get to the caller and see what they got for us. Area code four four two last three five nine two. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. My name is Brother Lou, and uh, I am one of the co-founders of Ndugu. I want to say peace and blessings to you, good brother Montoya. How you doing today, good brother? Oh, man, glad to have you on this line with us, man. So appreciate you for calling in. I know I said, Mauricio, though, if any brothers want to give any uh, testimonies, uh, that'll, you know, that would be the thing uh-huh. to do. And I know you probably got an amazing one because, uh, again, you co-founded this thing and was the catalyst behind Jamel's trip for what I understand. But go ahead, King. Appreciate you for being with us. Most certainly, man. I want to appreciate you all, and I appreciate uh, everything that I heard in the first hour, too, man. I love what you guys are doing in the community. And I just want to say, man, as, as someone who grew up in a community uh, where the whole village played their part in, in raising and nurturing me and educating me uh, and even helping me to be who I am today, bro, I appreciate when I hear these seeds being planted back into the community uh, that helped all of us, you know, and left such a favorable impression, favorable impression on us, man. So um, I just wanted to say, man, that, that journey for me, bro, started uh, – overseas uh, while I was experiencing experiencing some really challenging life difficulties, man. Um, I was traveling. I was living abroad. And uh, 
I was living what most people would consider a dream, but I was still struggling internally, man. I had a lot of things that were happening in my marriage, and there was a lot of turmoil uh, that I was having, you know, that was being created from just thinking about some of my family dynamics back at home. And for me, bro, as you talk about black men needing therapy, I was in such dire need of therapy. And I wasn't talking to anybody at that particular time. You know, even uh, Mm -hmm. Brother Jamel, uh, who Maurice mentioned at the time, he came out to see me in Bali. And that conversation that we had, man, that was one of the first times that we actually opened up to one another in such a way. And uh, that really opened up the floodgates to everything. And when I heard the sister talk about having an outlet, I think we – that decision that was made to come back home to really start my own healing process, to actually go to therapy for myself, um, that became really primary for me, man, and then helping other brothers um, because I was living in Bali, having such a great time in such a rich cultural community. But I thought about my own community in terms of what we needed inside of our community, how we needed more support, how we needed more resources, how when I left the country, brothers were getting killed and, Suicide was still a thing then, too, and we just didn't have a lot mm-hmm. of outlets and places where we could go and really, you know, receive and give as well. And the sister talked about having friends and black men having friends. It seems like that's something that dies out after we leave college or whatever that is. We get into our family dynamics and we just we forget that we have to live with ourselves and take care of ourselves as well. So, um Man, that just it just became apparent, man, after we started meeting, that very first meeting in 2019, that this was something transformative, man, for brothers and for men. And uh, there was a lot of, you know, destigmatizing a lot of different things. But really, man, what we wanted to do was just start having these conversations, one conversation at a time. That's what Undugu is, uh, is really about and really helping to break down some of those barriers within our community. Uh, we got a lot of brothers that just silently suffer, uh, and we got a lot of people living in some toxic environments and stressful situations. So Undugu is like a, a rites of passage program for men. That's what I would – that's my testimony, I'd say. Uh, it's a place where we can transition from one group to another. We allow uh, each other and accept each other inside that space. We affirm each other inside that space. Uh, it's our sacred space. And – I like to say if you got any patterns of thought like the doc was talking about in that first hour or or things that just kind of run in your mind, that mental program and those behaviors that we just do on autopilot, Undugu is a safe space, man, where you can come without the judgment. Like Maurice said, we get rid of those labels. And, uh, man, we really get to see who we are as men. And then we get to extend grace to one another, man, to be ourselves inside that space. So, man, Ndugu has meant a lot of things for me in regards to my own mental health journey and my own emotional awareness and just, you know, destigmatizing a lot of things for myself as well. So I appreciate, man, collaborating with you in this way. And I just want to say to the doc and the sister on the on the line, you know, I appreciate all the words that you guys had to say today in regards to black men and mental health and uh, and even suicide prevention, just getting those necessary outlets. Uh, that's what Undugu is here to do, man, be a bridge between, you know, for black men and hold space for us 
to let brothers know, hey, it's okay, man, and we're all good, uh, and it's okay to get out of our own way and come inside of a sacred and safe space, man. So thank you, brother. Nah, thank you for the um the three cents this morning was excellent. Um, had to highlight it. Um, something that you pointed out, Brother Lou, I'm going to let you go here so we can kind of add this to the discussion because you just brought it up. Um, but just the idea of um, the brother said, hey, he was doing his thing across, you know, um, overseas, but then just still struggling within, you know, personal life or something to that degree to a, a sense. And um, just mentioning the relationship stuff. And so um, I remember when I got a chance to be a part of an event, I got a chance to be the part where I let the ladies come in, and I was so blown away by hearing the ladies who were so thankful for what was being done with Undugu. And uh, and for what I understood, that was their first time ever being allowed. It was just kind of like a mutual thing to say, hey, let's show appreciation. I think it was like a one-year anniversary or something to that degree. And so the ladies were super, super appreciative. And so uh, I, I don't think we could do a, you know, black man, do I need therapy and not talk about, you know, as much as we're saying, hey, be encouraged to get, um, be encouraged to get therapy. Um, but as well, uh, let's talk about how it affects um, our relationships, you know, to the, you know, I want to kind of move transition to, to to that piece, if you would. And so, what I wanted to do, um, because another side of this, unfortunately, is if you are in your own head, sometimes when we're struggling, we don't always treat people the way that we should when we are in maybe some of these quote unquote toxic spaces if you will. And so what I wanted to do to, to, to kick off the relationship portion is I was gonna play this poem from a sister just talking about basically some 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 experience that she had with someone who kinda just recycles women and kinda continues a, a pattern of trauma. And so I just thought it would be a real cool way to um kick this off. All of my boys actually acting up I might not be able to play it. All right, I'm having my boys freezing up. Y'all can hear me well, though, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Okay, cool. I'm just making sure my boys freezing up, so I might not be able to play it. All right, I'll try to get. I'll probably play it at the break. Um, but with that said, I still wanted to transition into that. So, um, Dr. Griffin, if you will, obviously we're just talking about the individual getting therapy and all that it can do for them. Um, what type of things are you seeing in reference to uh, maybe assisting people within their relationships, whether it's getting out of a toxic situation or improving a situation because of therapy? Uh, what type of things have you seen in that realm uh, as I try to work on the board and get this, um, this poem queued up? But go ahead, um, if you will, transition to the relationship aspect of therapy. Okay, well, the number one thing that I see that often pops up as far as couples is concerned is um, when the female in particular, it's oftentimes a female, can be the guy sometimes, but anyway, she comes in and she's crying, broke down and everything, and, you know, uh, they're kind of like sneering at each other and everything, but the, the key thing that she says is that she doesn't feel heard. Okay, so the problem is that, you know, oftentimes, most often, females are programmed different. I see them as like a gentle flower where most of the guys come in, they're like hard legs, you know what I mean? And so the difference in programming is that males, and black males perhaps even more, are um, 
taught to be uh, solution-oriented. So we're always trying to fix everything. So she might be having some concerns in their communication with each other in the relationship about one aspect or another, like he's not giving her enough uh, quality time, he's not emotionally present or whatever, or she might be having job issues and so on. And so she comes in and she starts venting and she's telling him what her concerns are and he's trying to immediately fix it. And she's not looking for it to be fixed. She just wants to feel like she, he's on or they're on the team with each other, you know. And so we go through a process of learning how to listen. And that seems uh, like a simplistic thing to do, but it's not. Because a lot of times the guys, they've been on this autopilot thing of trying to fix things and engage in judgment at the same time for years and years and years. And so she feels like she's like on an island and so on. And so the low-hanging fruit is just by learning how to parrot back to her what he she says to him both in terms of the content and also on a feeling level, mm-hmm. just, you know, kind of like put the pieces together. And so how would you feel if you experienced what she just told you and say, oh, that must make uh, feel frustrating or, you know, that must make you angry or whatever, in addition to summarizing, paraphrasing, reflecting her content. And then at some point you uh, verify that what you thought you heard is in fact what she's saying. And when you get to that point after she starts to repeat herself over and over, you say, is that what you mean? And she says, yes, then you're good. So it takes some (laughs) practice through therapy, role plays, and so on and so forth to get to that place. But I've seen tremendous changes in a very short period of time simply by doing that one thing. No, it makes a lot of sense. We're actually up against the break. I think I got the board working. So we're going to play a break, and when we come out, we're going to hear um, this amazing poem by Soul Scribe. Um, this poet, she's amazing. She's been on the show before. And so if y'all both, if you will, and Maurice as well, because, again, I saw the women so proud of the work that y'all brothers did in Undugu at that anniversary. So all three of you, if y'all will, um, speak to what you're hearing. What we're going to hear is more about, you know, in a sense, um, uh, I think it's a breakup situation, if you will. But, again, I just think it's a, a nice way to, to, to segue into the aspects of relationships and how they – in my opinion, might be approved within the entire community if more of us were about getting that self-worth and getting this therapy that we're talking about. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, or all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Oh, how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies' gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. 
It makes them, it's one of the best things to say it all day. I mean, because at the end of the day, uh, for as much as this dialogue is about ourselves, um, you know, keeping in mind our youth and bringing up the next generation, uh, I mean, it made me think of this one quick thing, and uh, Maurice, I'm going to go to you next, um, but just a quick thing of, like, even something as normal as maybe a loss of life um, for your, uh, uh, you know, uh, well, had a doc- Dr. Pittman, Katrina Pittman was on one time when we were talking about um a family where they had experienced a tragedy of, um, you know, a grandmother having to raise her grandkids because, uh, you know, their parent was killed. And so she was in therapy but never thought to get therapy for the children who had actually lost their parent. And so it makes a whole lot of sense when you put it in that perspective as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Maurice, uh, where I want to go again, um, I highlight, work that y'all do at Undugu, but I remember, again, I just remember what the ladies have said. I remember y'all saying how all of y'all relationships were improved because of this brotherhood and having access to therapy and things of that nature. So, again, just hearing that poem, anything that stands out, brother, if you could speak to it, please do. Yeah, I mean, that, that definitely was a powerful piece for us. Um, I'll just go back to one of the things that Dr. Griffin said. So, for so many of us, it's um, for so many of us. We come into the relationship, and we are we're ready to to fix, or we're ready to to handle, or we're ready to you know protect. And when we hear something, we're we're listening to understand how we can then respond, and how we can then address and resolve something. So for for us, and hearing what was said even in the poem. And what we've heard even from our sisters, I mean, there are times, and our, our queens, we, we, there are times that they just want us to be in the space with them. But, again, due to our programming, we're just like, yeah, I'm here, and, and but my role is to do this. And, and we've had, you know, we've had a number of conversations that are centered around this and how we can go from solving to just being a, an active and engaged listener and that has helped uh on many occasions and then on the the trauma front yeah i I can't come into uh i can't it's hard to build something that is going to be sustainable when either i or my partner come into it and we have we have undealt traumas that we're now bringing together because it's it's like it's almost like a a multiplying effect. I bring in all of the things that have challenged me. You bring in all of the things that have challenged you. We now put them together, and it's too much for when it was too much for us individually. Now it's too much for us as a collective. Um, so we do need we do need you know mental health, mental therapy. We do need others that we can call on because quite often what we find in the, the system made this comment earlier, when we don't have outlets, number one, we're not in therapy. We don't have other, you know, we have male friends, but we don't open up to the male friends or we don't have male friends that we can, we feel that we can trust to be able to be mm-hmm. vulnerable with. Then we quickly turn back to the person who is with us. And then that person turns not only into you know, our soulmate and our, and our partner and our queen, but now they become the chief therapist. And for them, 
that's it's not necessarily fair. It's not necessarily what they may have been looking for in the relationship. And we bear so many or we, we load so many burdens on top of them that they get to the point where, you know, it becomes too much. And and many times and, and and you possibly can see this in some of the relationships, once that person has been over you know, one partner is overloaded with the burden, the other person feels much better and then before you know it, then the relationship has disintegrated and now that, that healed person moves on to somebody else. While the other person is left, just like in this poem, burdened down with, you know, traumas. Mm-hmm. that they now have to go seek some kind of resolution for. So, yeah, I mean, that's a powerful piece, and, and I love what the sister said, and I, um, I understand and respect what the sister was bringing forth in that poem, and, and we had, that's something that we actively work on within our group. I love it. Dr. Griffin, your thoughts? Well, one thing that um, I think is important is uh, – that when it comes to one person dumping all of their baggage on the other person, you know, you have to take into account is the person prepared to be able to receive that? Do they have the tools that are necessary to be able to provide the kind of support that you need? So it may not be fair to expect them to rise to the occasion when they're dealing with their own stuff, their own trauma issues, you know, maybe even from their uh, childhood trauma. But one of the things that I've uh, found to be really exciting um, recently is when I was talking about that listening thing and how that can be the greatest gift that you can give to another individual. One of the Mm -hmm. things that we've been doing in role play is practicing not only do uh, do you give the um, feedback as far as the content and the emotional aspect of what they're telling you, but when she comes and she has had some achievement, like she had some a yard sale and she was able to sell $900 worth of um, her goods. When you come in from um, home and you see her there and she's telling you all about it, to be learn how to be animated, how to be excited, how to be exuberant about her accomplishments and not just so drab and so dry or whatever, and so that's one of the things that makes her feel validated that, you know, she, she's not uh, kind of like overlooked or just taken for granted in terms of her contribution, even though you're the breadwinner. And so it helps to build the bond and the closeness when you're excited about each, each other's achievements. Uh, love it. Makes a lot of sense. I agree. Um, <laughs> go ahead, Queen. Go ahead and speak on it, Ashley. Oh, he definitely took the words out of my mouth. Um, it is just super important okay. as women for us to feel validated because we, I mean, we do the same thing for, for men. It's, it has to go both ways. Um, but like he was saying, black men are just natural fixers. And it's kind of like we're just processed. We process differently. Y'all skip the whole mm-hmm. emotional step of feeling the issue, going through emotions of how did this make me feel? What do I feel about it? Y'all go straight to how do I get out of it? How do I fix it? And then y'all do the same thing when we bring you the issue. Here's how I'm feeling. Y'all skip mm-hmm. over all of that to how can I make this better for her? And um, it's been a huge issue in my relationship, so much so that we've just recently started doing this thing where we literally just ask. He'll ask me, hey, before you start, like, are you just venting or do you want a solution? 
And it makes a huge difference because sometimes I just want to talk. Sometimes I know what I'm saying is ridiculous and I'm mad for no reason and I'm being dramatic. <laughs> but sometimes I want to share that with my partner. You know, and I want you to say, yeah, girl, I understand. Yep, mm-hmm. And, I, and just engage and agree. You know, I don't need a yes, ma'am, but I don't always want you to skip over this is how I felt about this thing that happened to me. And I don't think black men do it on purpose. I think it's just how you guys were raised and how you're, you know, how you, that's how you guys process. Mm-hmm. But it's super helpful uh, if you start out the conversation with, you know, what 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 result do you want from this? We can fix it or we can just talk about it. You can get it off your chest because there's a difference. And then um, additionally, we can also ask our partner, is this a good time? That's something that I've had to work on my entire life. Like, is this a good time for me to tell you this? Because like mm-hmm. Dr. Griffin was saying, everybody's not prepared in that moment to take on your stuff. They might be literally going through their own stuff in that very moment, and then here you come and you dump, and it just adds to versus just asking, hey, is this a good time for me to share this? Hey, are you in a good place? Because that's important. And then you have to, no, as a partner, be, yeah, it, you have to be prepared to be able to take that from your partner. And I think that's the importance of both people going to therapy, whether you need it or not. Because even if you're not going to use the tools for yourself, at some point you might need them for your partner. They might bring you something. You might need to have those therapeutic tools to get to keep your partner through something. Without those tools, they're bringing you something, and you're acting as a therapist, and you have no tools, no resources, no way to help them. And then y'all are both stuck. So I always advocate for my partner going to therapy, I'm going to therapy too. Y'all can go to individual therapy. Y'all can go to couples therapy. But everybody has to have the tools for the team to work. No, I love it. I'm also an advocate. We're about to go to break, um, maybe get a quick response to this out of break. Um, but I'm also an advocate, and I should say I am, as much as I'm with the Mental Dollar Community Club, one thing that we advocate, one of our pillars is strong black families. And in under that pillar, we advocate that people actually go to professional therapy prior to maybe even, like, getting into long-term or married relationships um, because people quite often will get their spiritual counseling, right, prior to a marriage. Um, But we actually advocate that people go see professionals because that counseling is a little different. And a lot of times people may even figure out, maybe we shouldn't even be together. But it's just let's go figure that out prior to a marriage versus waiting till the marriage is blowing up in your face and then looking for couples counseling. Um, you know, some people even say couples counseling at that point is kind of just a prerequisite to the end. I'm not saying that for everybody, but I hear that a lot. Um, so maybe consider getting this therapy that like Ashley's talking about both getting it, getting it while in a relationship and definitely prior to long-term relationships. You're listening to the mental dialogue talk show where all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478 781 4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community.
My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you have a product or service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me directly at 404-604-9477. I want to highlight uh, my sponsor, MoneyMotivation.com. I got the best sponsors, LNG Technology, Square Business Entertainment, Bennett Tax. Uh, definitely appreciate all my sponsors, but I just wanted to highlight Money Motivation sent me this amazing black-on-black black, uh, letters in this jacket. So definitely go check them out at MoneyMotivation.com. It is a high-end streetwear brand. They are doing their thing. Definitely go check them out. Just wanted to shout them out this morning. Um, this morning's discussion question, Black Men, Do I Need Therapy? With special guest co-host Ashley Johnson Afford as well as special guest Jay Parker Griffin and my man Maurice from Ndugu. Um, I highlighted something and I'm going to try to get to a few callers. We got some callers out there. Sorry, I got so many guests this morning. I didn't get to as many callers as I normally do, but we will try to get some callers for this last segment. Um, but the one thing I wanted to highlight, just as I mentioned before the break, Dr. Griffin, just the concept of getting professional counseling prior to a marriage versus relying strictly on spiritual counseling. Again, not to negate that, um, but we just highly encourage in the Mineralla Community Club that people seek out that counseling in addition to, um, or if, you know, if that's not your thing, but to get professional counseling prior to a marriage. Any thoughts on that uh, from your perspective, um, Dr. Griffin? Well, I have a supplemental resource. I wrote a couples therapy book at the lay version is called um, Becoming His Number One Ways to Renew Love Relationships. And it, from a kind of behavioral scientific point of view, it shows how to strengthen, build, well, establish, strengthen, and build the quality of the relationship. It's available on Amazon, by the way. And um, so I oftentimes have the couples to use that as a resource to diagnose what kinds of things are taking place in their relationship. Are they engaging in more productive behaviors or less productive behaviors? And how can they nurture and cultivate those behaviors that are going to facilitate closeness and mutual understanding, things like that. So, you know, I definitely would encourage premarital and um, marital counseling in terms of getting an outside opinion as to ways that you can identify options that are available to uh, couples in order to have a better quality of uh, experience with each other. No, thank you for that. So, yeah, Maurice, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big believer for all of our inspirational pursuits or whatever they may be for us as individuals, as men, as black women, whatever the case, or economic empowerment, all these different things we talk about from a collective standpoint. Um, I always say that all those aspirations are for naught if we don't break down and fix this relationship between the black man and black woman from the, from the simplest form of it. Um, any thoughts, again, in reference to, again, therapy and what role it can serve in improving our relationships with our queens? Yeah, I think uh, to answer the question for the show, I, I think the answer clearly is yes. Um, mental therapy mm -hmm. and working with a professional and licensed 
professional in this industry is is critical. And for um, a number of brothers who are part of Undugu, I mean, that is the route that they take. So while we as a collective come together and we're talking and we're engaging with each other on a wide variety of topics and, you know, what is impacting us individually, uh, we recognize the importance of, you know, going to someone who is trained and prepared to address the situation uh, that it, that you're you're trying to work through right now. And that's why, you know, we're proud to sponsor uh, the community checkup that you're doing. Thank you. Um, we have, um, and, and because and it's the direct result of you bringing professionals to the community to have this, you know, this discussion. They could talk about a different number of topics, but what I've heard and I heard prior, and the brothers also heard prior to, to becoming a sponsor was the impact. I mean, you can see, and, and thanks to Zoom and, and, and the resources that we have, you can see someone come in one way and leave a different way. And, and actually, yes. you can see it, you can hear it in their voice. And it, it's so important right now because, and, and I talked about this with the brothers last week, in the pandemic, we've lost so many we lost so many people due to COVID itself, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like this other pandemic that we, has been going on, is the loss of uh, loss of you know people in general, but brothers specifically due to suicide, um, and that could be a condition of uh, or a result of some of the the new environments that we have to operate within under COVID. Uh, but it just seems like it and it. It just seems like there's so much that's happening in that particular space, and and I don't know what the answer is for everyone. But just last week, a young brother committed suicide within within our community um, uh, that I live in, and and I'm like, you know, we have to do more. So we're happy to be a part of what you're doing in community checkup. We internally in Udugu are doing the same, where we bring licensed professionals in on a quarterly basis, thanks to a donation that we receive uh, to support that. So brothers can come to those sessions and they'll hear from licensed professionals and they'll have the ability to engage with them and, and you know, have a conversation that's a little bit deeper than, and, and I guess it'll be, it'll be more aligned to what they as professionals can do and address uh, for the brothers in that situation. So, yes, the answer is no, absolutely, absolutely yes. Uh, no, absolutely. Thank you for that. And as he said, they're doing it quarterly. We're doing it once a month where we bring in Dr. Griffin and others um, to kind of walk you through. We've been able to get and request and get brothers and sisters um, therapy because the community checkup is open to everybody. So let me make it. So I don't know if I made that clear today, um, but the community checkup is open to whoever, whomever. That's how it works. It's a monthly Zoom call. Again, the next one is um March 25th, 8.30 p.m., we do it the last Thursday of the month. And so that's something that we do monthly. So just keep that in mind. It's, you know, maybe it's just a bridge to therapy because that's what we've been for a lot of people. Um, and, and, again, um, thank 
Undugu for being a sponsor. So obviously the work they was doing with highlighting it. Um, for anybody out there on the line, we got about five minutes. Sorry if I didn't get to everybody today, but you have to press one if you want to let let us know you want to speak. Um, if you want to just give us, you know, got a question for Dr. Griffin. Or if you're online, six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, it's six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. You do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. Um, Ashley, you've got only a few minutes left here, but I, um, this could be a whole other show in itself, but I know that you are in the legal field, and uh, something that came to mind it was just the idea of uh, from the work that you do, and you have also been a child advocate for a number of years, but with that said, um, what difference would therapy make in your world if it was used prior to somebody being in trouble or that being the recommended recommendation after someone has gotten in trouble? If we could, in a sense, like you've done with your child, taking advantage of making sure they're not experiencing traumas and getting therapy for, you know, a lot of the people that you see in the, in the, you know, in the legal, you know, in the legal system. Like maybe they wouldn't be there had they had therapy. Um, your thoughts on that, um, um, real quick, Queen? Uh, yeah, I I said that from the beginning. Um, my very first therapy session was when I was younger, and it was after I got in trouble, and it was mandated. So, and I I at the time hated it because I was young, you know. But now that I look back, I appreciate it because it made me go. But now, as a mom, um, my daughter's in therapy. She's in art therapy, which is something I never had the opportunity to do, but it's really cool. So you can get therapy that's specific to your child's needs. But it, it can start at any age. I think the the younger, the better. The, the younger that people can learn to communicate their feelings and to work through emotions, the better they are as a human being. The better they, the better they are in a workforce. The better they are in education. The better they are in their career. The better they are in, as a partner. Like, if you can make a person whole, well-rounded emotionally, it it just helps everybody around them. And I think black parents, especially, are we're just known for ain't nothing wrong with you. You don't have no anxiety. Depression doesn't exist. You're just crazy. Versus acknowledging like, oh, my, my child is going through something and maybe it can help them and me for them to have somebody to talk to, especially if the parent is not going to be somebody that they can talk to because I know I didn't have parents who I could go talk to freely. So just giving them an outlet, especially as young black men, because who who do they have other than other young black men who probably need therapy? You know, that's who they're talking to. That's who they're leaning on. And it's just the blind following the blind. So now, I, I definitely no. I advocate for it over and over and over again. No, go ahead. No, that's perfect. Um, it's a perfect segue. Um, you know, and again, this could be a whole other topic in itself. If it was unfortunate when I was looking at um, specifically black teen and black youth suicides, um, whereas for the most part, um, when speaking of suicides, unfortunately, um, it was kind of always in our community we look at it as like, oh, that's something that white people do, if you will, or whatever. But right now, black youth are the highest demographic for committing suicide right now. And we can't, like I said, we could do a whole other show on that. But so I just I wanted to, hop, you know, just point that out, how important it is to get these children therapy as well. Uh, with that said, um, Maurice, if you could let people know how they can stay in contact with what you're doing, and we'll also let um, Dr. Griffin and Ashley give out their contact information as well. If you can make it quick, brother, that would be great. 
Yep, real quick. So you can check us out on uh, at Ndugu, U-N-D-U-G-U, kickback, K-I-C-K-D-A-C-K dot com. And you can get to all our social media from there. And we're also Ndugu underscore kickbacks uh, at uh, Instagram. Sounds good. Dr. Griffin, any contact information you want to give out or tell about your book, how to get your book again? Did we lose Dr. Griffin? Uh, you actually might have lost him. It may look like his call dropped. Ashley, any contact information you want to give out, Queen? Thank you for helping me out this morning. Not a problem. I'm on Facebook as Ashley Johnson Alford. You can link all of my socials, my website, my email, my phone number on there. I'm super accessible as always. Thank you, Montoya, for the opportunity. Uh, absolutely. Again, I think we lost Dr. Griffin. Might have dropped him by accident. It happens on the line sometimes. But anybody that's interested in getting uh, information for the community checkup, please follow DM me and just put CCU for community checkup um, in the DM message, and we'll make sure you get the link for next Thursday night. Um, you can DM me on Facebook or on IG at mental underscore dialogue. Uh, with that said, we'll see you all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think.